The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's time to get caught up on all things precious metals. You're listening to the latest edition of The Real Money Show, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya, and we are going to be talking about the precious metals market. What a week in precious metals, Jerry. We saw incredible demand, and we'll get into the reasons why people were picking up precious metals at such a breakneck speed this week. But we also saw a pullback, which is, which is extraordinary given the demand on the market. Um, let's start with just some, some quick reflections on the week that was. Well, gold and silver have been in this range. We've seen this range trading for the last few months. Not surprisingly, we are still technically inside of a presidential election, although uh, some may say that, you know, it's time to throw in the towel, but it's January the 20th is the date for the inauguration. So typically nothing really happens in a, in the election cycle So for precious metals. So we're anticipating the continuation of the 2020 trend, which is up for precious metals, and the very short-term machinations in precious metals will happen. We view these markets as currency. We will see fluctuations in currency as we're seeing in the Canadian dollar in the past week, trading uh, 1-2% swings. Similar to that is gold and silver. So we view these things as currencies, very easy to trade, but the physical demand, wow, it's just through the roof. Same continuation, people looking for where, you know, where they're going to park their money. If you took proceeds away from a house sale, people are not necessarily jumping back into the, into the property market. They want to park it in something like gold and silver. So I don't know if you're seeing the same thing continuing. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that, Jerry. People are selling properties. They don't feel comfortable uh, getting back into the property market. And something that we're seeing as a trend, a continuation from 2020 is um, sort of disintegrating of trust for mm-hmm. governments. People really saw last year how much the government was printing, and they weren't seeing that come into their pockets. And I think just watching how the governments have handled COVID, look, they I guess they do the best they can, but um, you know you have people losing their jobs. I know Canada lost tens of thousands of jobs in the last few weeks uh, in terms of the reporting. And um, you know how is how is the economy handling all of it? And so people are looking at the real estate market and they're saying it's time to get out. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I want to get back in. And I don't feel comfortable holding all that cash in the bank right now. And there's lots of other reasons why people are getting into the gold market. Um, one might particularly be the death of free speech. Uh, that's something that they're experiencing in the States right now. And it's sort of, well, where does that lead? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the question becomes, wh- what type of path is are we on in this in this sense? So I think that that's another reason. I think just overall, um, again, looking at what was happening last year and we're starting, we're seeing the continuation of it again this year. And uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about real estate and, and uh, sort of the situation that's happening in Canada with real estate. 
But uh, I do want to thank everyone for their patience. Uh, it has been, um, we, we have been stretched right now. Uh, we're working to get more product into the market consistently. We do get rolling product coming back in. So it's, it's not like uh, a consistent, here we are, we have this product and that product. It's, it, you know, we're, we're juggling product in terms of making sure that we're fulfilling orders and also getting new products back into the market. And I noticed, Jerry, that that's something across the board with all bullion dealers. There is limited supply, um, and we discuss this at length, and we discuss this with our wholesalers. Uh, there is typically there is n relatively no product available, so it's it's remarkable. We have never been in this situation before. We are in uncharted territory when it comes to monetary policy, geopolitical uncertainties, uncharted territory. We've never seen this, and as a result, um, the the the. The, the standard of gold is that, is that it's finite, and that's the reason why it does qualify as money. And as a result, you know, you can't just print this stuff, and you can't ramp up the mining as much as we want to do that. It's just impossible. Yeah, if you think about the silver supply, half a billion ounces, 500 million ounces a year come into the market. You can't just ramp up a mine and all of a sudden turn 500 million ounces into... 800 million ounces. It doesn't work that way. It takes time. It takes money. And we talked about this last week, Jerry, as well. You brought up the point that if we move into a, a, a stronger green economy, the regulations on these mining companies is going to be immense. So you'll see even less product potentially coming to the market. So you have this finite supply and especially in silver, that supply is going to solar power, electric cars, it's going to wind power, batteries, um, all of the daily technolo technological uses for it, um, as well as medical usages, right? It naturally absorbs bacteria, so they're always coming up with new uh, ways that they can use that antibacterial nature of silver. And so the demand on it is immense. I know that last year, uh, the actual investment demand outstripped the industrial demand, which was something a new development in the market. But the only way that you're going to have an effect on this supply at the end of the day is if the price goes much, much higher. Mm -hmm. And that way, people who, let's say someone was putting in 100,000, it means they're buying half as much product if the price doubles. That's, that's the idea here. We'll talk about that a little bit more in another, uh, in another segment of the show. But it's just to say that ultimately the price has nowhere to go but up from here. And even if there is a small dip in prices, it's not having a major effect on the sky-high premiums that we see right now. It's not as though people are able to buy silver $1.40 over spot the way they were a year and a half ago. And we're at $25. So the move from 18 to $25 hasn't, hasn't reconciled the high premiums, meaning the prices have to go much, much higher from here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And regarding these short-term, these daily uh, negatives that we may be seeing in, in gold and silver, we're looking at the market today and gold and silver have reacted on the downside, um, probably reacting some economic data and the $1.9 trillion stimulus uh, being enacted by um, President-elect Joe Biden. This is printing presses through the roof. Like They're going to be pedal to the metal. This stimulus, as a result, has caused the 10-year Treasury yield to spike, and gold and silver are negatively correlated to that, so we have a dip. 
So any of these short, any of these dips that we see in metals, we just have to view them as short-term dips. This is a knee-jerk reaction to that. News like that does get digested. What we have to digest as investors is that this is hyperinflationary. This is very inflationary. And as the World Gold Council released their 2021 forecast, they cited Bloomberg in their report as of January 11th. Many investors, so you mentioned, yeah, it's investors now demanding gold and silver. The demand from investors, because they're concerned about the potential risks resulting from expanding budget deficits, which combined with low interest rate in, with a lower interest rate environment and growing money supply, this will result in inflationary pressures. This is our focus, not the short-term day-to-day. Yeah, and listen to some of these headlines coming out of Silver Doctors from the past week. Silver to reach $200 per ounce. And that's not, that's not a wingnut who's saying that. We'll tell you who's, who's saying that uh, shortly. Gold going to $100,000. Again, these are these are not wingnuts saying this. These are people who have been in this market long enough. They understand the math on all of these things. Um, there's here here's a couple others as we scroll through. Just some of these amazing um, forecasts in the market. I was reading another one saying, "Here's one gold uh, by the end of the year easily twenty three hundred. I think that's a conservative um, forecast. And silver to forty five, mm-hmm. which which at this point, as far as a long term price I think is also quite quite uh, conservative so you're seeing some um, major calls in the market here's another one central this is just the the headlines Jerry central bank balance sheets will increase by a net 13 trillion in 2021 if that's not a reason to start thinking about ways to protect your wealth I'm not sure what is but you have to also wonder okay let's take housing in Toronto for for a property to go from 600,000 to just over a million, right? At a clip of 6% a year, 7% a year because it's been on a it's on a major it's been on a major tear for a decade. Well, what is what's 6% a year on on 1.1 million? It's not like it's going to just double overnight to 2 2 million dollars for your house, right? For an average house. Yes. I don't know if well, I don't know if 1.1 is is average um or what you get for that these days. Same thing with the Dow. You know, it's trading at 30,000 points. It went from 7,000 to 30,000 in a decade plus. And so what's the expectation? It's going to go from 30,000 to 60,000 in the next decade? Every single stock is completely overvalued. Right? Mm-hmm. Where's where is the value? And and how do you know where the top is if everything's overvalued right now? Cuz you know they're not going to ring a bell. So you know that the stocks are overvalued, and yes, if they're going to print thirteen trillion, the stock market keep keep going up. But it's a question of what's the value of the dollar, and if and if you don't understand the value of a stock because everything's overvalued anyway, and you don't understand the value of the properties because they just keep they're they're going up seems for now. Um, but we'll talk about why uh, something about the real estate market that you're going to really want to know in the next segment. Um, Definitely food for thought in the real estate market on that note. But again, the question is, is yeah, to go from 600 to, to a million is one thing, but to go from a million to two million is a whole other ball of wax. And when you look at the precious metal market, you're looking at silver at $25. I mean, it's cheap as dirt. You're looking at gold at, at you know, 1830 right now, 1840 US an ounce. It's cheap as dirt. 
that all of the gold that's ever been mined is worth 10 trillion and you've got debts around the world being worth 300 trillion not including unfunded liability and not including the derivative market quadrillions so what do you think is going to happen when all of this collapses because it's going to collapse it's it's if if any if we learned anything in 2020 the the trend in 2021 is let's let's try to really destroy this <laughs> that's right and you use the word overvalued let's use the real word it's a bubble we have bubbles everywhere and gold and silver being this low is anti-bubble it is it is your offset to when these bubbles go pop 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 left right and center what's going to happen to gold and silver they react to what happens in the markets it's the most negatively correlated asset class to the u.s dollar and stocks so if we're seeing overvaluated bubbles um, be prepared gold is anti-bubble Get your gold now. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Learn more about how to hold physical precious metal in your portfolio today. Whether it's a registered account, whether you want to take delivery of it, or if you want to store it for ease of liquidity, gold is your anti-bubble. You are listening to the Real Money Show on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Gold is the anti-bubble. We're talking about reasons to hold physical precious metal in your portfolio. Of course, one of the reasons might be the fact that gold has averaged over 11% a year for the last 15, 20 years. And in Canadian dollars, it's only had three down years with two of those being less than 2% and one being a double digit drop in 2013 after literally a decade of double digit year over year gains. So there's a reason why gold continues to power higher in uh, in all major currencies. It be- it's because all of these currencies are debasing. And ultimately, that trend is set to continue when you see things like, Jerry, an article saying that the central banks are due to, to, due to print another $13 trillion in 2021. What does that number even mean? It's, it's astronomical to even fathom. You can't even picture this, this amount of printed currency in circulation. Um, the Visual Capitalist website does a great job in you know, giving us some sort of a visual and what does that visual look like? If football fields and you have um, monuments being filled with cash. And again, we're not even talking about the unfunded liabilities. We're not talking about the, 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 the you know, toxic derivatives market that's still on the balance sheet of a lot of these major banks that hasn't yet to be dealt with. And the other thing that, that you know, we don't talk a whole lot on the show. I mean, we do talk about central banks. We always have an eye on on what's coming out of the Fed, what's happening with the Bank of Canada. But, you know, if if you've read, it came from Jekyll Island, you know, a second look at the Federal Reserve, and you understand that the Reserve is a private entity, right? That they print the money and then the, in the States, although I think, I think Canada borrows money from the Fed. And then you have to pay it back with interest. That's not how they created the, that's not how the, the forefathers created the, the system. Very immoral. And so the central bank system is one of, it's in the hands of, the, of private hands. The few. They, they print the money and, and interest is owed on that. And that's the reason why you got income tax. And, you know, this, 
once you start to learn about how the central bank system actually works, what you come up to, what you learn is that we talk about a war on gold, a war in, on cash, right? The war on your savings, that inflation is, is destroying your purchasing power, but so is taxation. And um, at the end of the day, you know, this is something you have to be aware of that you're being persecuted financially. Silently. By, by, the, by the central banks. And when the central banks have decided to sort of throw off the curtain, right? Like the Wizard of Oz, like we're just going to roll the curtain back and we're just going to go whole hog on money printing and we're going to go directly down this path to a quote unquote reset, right? How is that supposed to be good for you? Because this current system isn't good for you and the people driving the bus to, on the road to the new great reset are the people who are currently in control of the system. So I'm not sure how that ends up good for any of us. And that's one of the reasons why, again, if you start to learn about the central bank system, you want even more gold in your portfolio because you want a way to protect against that. And the World Gold Council does outlay the reasons why their, the central bank demand will continue to spike is because of this, this risk. This is uncharted risk. We've never seen this type of risk before. And what, why central banks and the U.S. Fed need to hold gold physically is because they need the independence from all of the madness, the financial madness, the, the, the money printing, inflation, even digitization of our wealth. They need to hold a percentage of their wealth in physical gold held entirely outside of the banking system for the need for liquidity and protection of their, of their assets. So where is Canada's gold? We don't have any gold here in Canada. The average Canadian owns no gold. So our message is very clear for Canadians listening around, you know, nationally. Become your own central bank. Become your own bank. Own some physical gold entirely outside of the banking system. It's key. We, can, we can't really discuss why we need to get out of the banking system over, over, the, over the radio, but we have the reasons, and it's really about undigitized digitizing your wealth and understanding what is the fractional reserve banking system jeremy what is that <laughs> i've had a question i had to answer that how did you how would you answer that question uh, well fractional reserve it means well it 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 happens after the full backing of gold so first you have a uh, gold at one to one right so any you know like when the fed had the silver certificates that it literally said on the money the cash money it said silver certificate it was redeemable for silver right so that's basically if you consider i'm going to update it to today right <laughs> um uh that that imagine if you will a gold-backed cryptocurrency you can hand in your crypto and get back the gold right that's that's the whole purpose that would be a full-backed um gold currency or full-backed silver currency when you have a fractional reserve, what it is is saying, we're going to just use a fraction of the gold and we're going to create a lot more money on top of it. So that means if you think of like a bank run, right, no one can go in and get all their cash because there's not enough cash in the bank. That's essentially like a fractional reserve basis. There's, there's less collateral than there is um, actual money out there. So it's just it works like a mortgage in a way. There's a certain amount of collateral, but there's a lot more money in the system. So that's how they do it. They basically, that's where margin comes in. That's where they're creating lines of credit and all of these things. But once you go from a fractional, meaning, okay, we don't have one-to-one -one gold or one-to-one -one silver for the money that's out there. 
we have a fraction. We have 20%. We have 15%, 10%. Less down less. to less than 5%. Okay, well, now we don't have any gold, and now the money is called fiat system, and it's by decree. Or by some people say it's, you know, it's by, by the gun, by the military. Right? Right. They, mm-hmm. they force you to be on that system. Um, that's history. Yeah. history. History is a p- pendulum swinging from one end to the other. From you know central banking to uh, you know freedom of of of, mon- of money like mm-hmm. financial freedoms, and so that's that's what fractional is. And I had this discussion earlier today, in fact, and I had to break it down in you know really in basic terms. Generally, it's you know you deposit ten dollars at the bank. The bank can lend out nine. They need to hold back the one. But if everyone runs to their bank and tries to pull out their money at the same time, what happens at that point? Isn't that how Ponzi systems fail if everyone takes their money out? Well, I think this is the reason why we're seeing a lot of resistance today at the banking level. And this is why you want to have some gold, right? Because, again, $10 trillion in gold, $300 trillion in, in debt, not including unfunded liability. And uh, you have to think about, okay, well, what happens when all of that money starts to look for a place to hide? Mm-hmm. And so you want to be ahead of that. So I think when we're looking for value in the market – even though gold is trading at twenty, uh, twenty eight hundred dollars an ounce. Uh, sorry, uh, eighteen fifty an ounce. It's still incredibly cheap compared to the fact that all of these assets everywhere else are in a bubble. Speaking of potential bubbles, um, we want to talk about the real estate market here in Canada because uh, you saw a great article coming out of Better Dwelling, which is a blog dealing specifically with Canadian real estate. And it's not all bad articles. I think anyone who's interested in real estate should definitely be checking out Better Dwelling because it it has good articles, bad articles about the market, and it just helps people become informed about what's actually happening. But there was a very interesting um, quote in the most recent uh, blog post. And the post goes, Canada's residential investment is now 9.43% of GDP. During the U.S. housing bubble in 2008, the subprime mortgage crisis, residential investment peaked at 6.4%. The Canadian economy is now more dependent on real estate than the U.S. was before the Great Recession. Yeah, you know, in, in 2008, during the you know, the, the economic crisis of 2008, Canada did a really good job of, of making its way through that. And we came out on, on top. It was, you know, we were envied. Wow, Canada did an amazing job. They're, they're naturally conservative. And wow, they really got through that crisis. We're the worst of the G8 right, right now. We lost our AAA rating. Uh, the money printing's coming fast and furious. And it's at a point where you can't be proud of what, what's happening and you have to start making your own moves. You have to start thinking independently. And on that note, Jerry, we were talking about in the last segment about um, uh, not being your own central bank, mm-hmm. right? Undigitizing your wealth, right? Because most people, besides the asset of a house, which is usually mortgaged, don't think about assets. They think about stocks, bonds, or GICs, right? They think about getting interest on these things, but these things can disappear very, very quickly in a crunch. 
they can stop redemptions on a lot of these things, right? In in the gold market, especially in, in the registered accounts that we offer at Guildhall, if someone wants to take that product home, they can because they already own that product. They've already pre-purchased that product. Yeah. It's not converting. It's not, oh, well, we can convert it into something that you can take home. It, no, you already own it, so you could take it home. So I think that that pride of ownership is something to consider. At the same time, I think people who are considering actual ownership of something for the first time, it's nerve-wracking for them. It, it, it is very much so. Uh, actual ownership, seeing the bullion in your hands for the first time, actually feeling it, getting a chance to discover what gold and silver actually look like. Again, I mentioned that Canadians really don't own any, any gold, and it's true. Canadians love their real estate. We all do. Um, stock bonds and cash, the typical. But when it comes to gold, it's, there's such an allure to gold. And when you see what, uh, what, you know, what has been money for thousands of years, generations and millennia, this simple asset, the only non-financial asset that is acceptable in the financial system, we're not talking about paper assets, bonds, that things that can, get a, can, that can get affected by the ripple effect of another subprime mortgage type crisis, another 2008 type crisis. We have to remember what the ripple effect will look like. And to see something in your hands that this is impervious to all of the ripples, this is going to be my exit strategy, my turn and pivot towards something greater. We have a, a tremendous opportunity to, yes, protect your wealth because... We are sitting at negative on 1% interest at the central bank level. If we're heading towards a recession, we don't have the six points the IMF says that we need to be able to cut. We're going to be going to negative interest rates? What does that look like? We don't know. What does the financial community say about this? They don't know. But gold has proven itself, and when they see the gold, they feel it. They feel that sense of, of, of satisfaction, the insurance policy, and they, they find that peace of mind at least for their financial well-being. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Gold and silver are anti-bubble. That's what we're talking about today. Gold being the anti-bubble. This is your life raft for the crisis ahead. And if you can't see that the crisis is coming ahead, um, go look at how much money they're being printed in the central banks right now. Even central banks are buying gold because they know the road ahead is collapse. And uh, ultimately, how do you prepare for that? The idea is to have insurance before the fire, right? You can't buy insurance after the fire, right? When did Noah build the ark? Before, before. the rain. So that's what we're talking about here today. The idea is gold is anti-bubble. Now, before we talk about some of those you know, high-level things, let's talk about what we saw this week in the market, Jerry, because it was an absolutely crazy week with people um, clamoring to get into the physical market. What do you, what were some of the stories that you were hearing of reasons why people were getting in at this point? Well, I did share the report to many people, and I think on the top of everyone's mind is inflation, and we talk about that at length. Um, but demand, I get a chance to really talk about what who's demanding the product, and now it's in investors. And then we have a chance to open up, well, 
what's the inventory look like we're seeing gold available one day and gold available not you know not today this type of gold available and things are just moving at such a fast pace where an individual may ask well what should i buy silver or gold should i do a little bit here or there when i discuss and and, and reveal to them that we may we're not promised a week from now two weeks from now a good supply and a good inventory of gold and silver they end up making big decisions and they get you know they get into the market uh, rather deep in the, into the market and they get their precious metals now this demand is not going away the supply is dwindling and that's what i'm seeing and mine production that's very questionable and we're just putting it all together the the headlines the noise that we're seeing we have to filter through the the small the small the, the knee jerk reactions because the medium into the long term is watch out for inflation, watch out for the money printing. And that's all we're reading about, is how much stimulus is coming out. We've been, we were waiting for Joe Biden to release the stimulus, which was uh, Thursday evening. We, he revealed $1.9 trillion. The fact is that you know, Zero Hedge reports that probably only a, a trillion is going to be actually enacted and, and received. But where are, they, where are they getting this money from, Jeremy? Where are they going to get one point some odd trillion? They are getting it from the, from the future. Yes. Right. Um, children. Right. But it, it's, it's not Doc from Back to the Future. They're getting it from your children. They're they're robbing the future. And that's that's the problem. And, you know, you start to see, you know, how are they going to deal with it eventually? Well, you know, you have to pay back your debt somehow. And it's either going to be raised taxes, which people can only take so much before they start pulling out their pitchforks. But if you print the money and you devalue the currency or debase the currency, then people don't, the idea is that people wouldn't notice it as quickly, right? That, that inflation is this kind of quiet, insidious thing that happens while you're, while you're sleeping, you're not really noticing it. And maybe over a five-year period, you walk in one day to Starbucks and they go, oh, coffee's up a 50 cents. You go, whoa, what happened there? And then you realize, okay, inflation's actually a real thing. And if you look at, look at what you paid for things maybe a decade ago versus today, you can see that you've been losing your purchasing power through inflation. So I don't care what the government says inflation's really at. It's more about you're, you're a smart individual. You can wake up, you can go to the, go to the, the store, you're paying for your health club or your kid's education or your insurance or food or you're going out for dinner or whatever it is. I wish we were going out for dinner. Yeah. And, uh, but you're seeing those prices rising. So what is that? Well, that's the government debasing the currency while you sleep. And then you wonder why you have to work two jobs, right? Or you wonder why you're begging for minimum wage, all of these type of things. So um, ultimately, you know, the government is there for four years. They take the easy way out and uh, people are left holding the bag. In this case, it's the future bag. And so people are looking for ways to hedge against that. And we know that at the rate they're going now, which again, they pulled back that curtain last year, right? They, they, they destroyed the illusion. Everyone could see the central bank illusion at this point. Wait a minute. You need to print how much money to get out of this? Mm -hmm. And how much did I get? Sorry, how much did I get? And now you're asking for it back? Um, and by the way, you're going to now raise my taxes? What did you print? Right? W what do I get? Mm -hmm. what? So I think that the illusion was broken last year. And I think that people see, people aren't dumb and they see that this year it's going to be a lot more of the same. And so where do you go? Where, where are you supposed to put your money? Do you, do you sit there and say, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy Tesla stock. 
That's what I'm going to do. I, that's what I think is behind uh, a lot of what's happening with Bitcoin right now. People are seeing an, an increasing the, – the rise is happening very quickly, and they're thinking, I'm going to go get mine. Mm -hmm. I, I deserve mine. I'm going to go get mine. It, it's not necessarily a great way to think, and I'm not saying everyone does think that way, but I think that that's a big part of it. Now, the difference between a crypto and, and gold is a, you know, they say, oh, there's a limited supply of, of crypto. Yeah, but I can buy at point zero 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 one. I can't do that with gold. The minimum I can buy is a gram. Yeah. Okay. And if gold is trading at 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 thirty one thousand dollars an ounce, that gram is going to cost you a thousand dollars. And they're not going to start selling half grams. No. Right. And so that's where you can end up with a limit of the price on gold because people say, okay, I can't I can't buy a thousand dollar gram. Yeah. I'm not buying anymore. Right. And when the purchasing power runs out. Right. That's where you see the market has to come back and find its its natural level. Right. I don't know where those levels are in cryptos, because what what is the true value? What's the innate value? They haven't been around long enough. Mm -hmm. What it, what's you know, what's its use? Yeah. What does it do that? Yes. OK, we're, we're betting on the future. Yes, the world is the future is crypto, but the bridge is gold. Mm -hmm. Personally, that's how I see it, because and another couple of things on that note being the bridge. Look at Brexit in 2016. Uh, the British pound lost 30% of its purchasing power against a basket of currencies. Slam. Mm -hmm. Right when it happened. Slam down 30% and it didn't recover. No. Gold went up 30% that year in, in British pounds. So if you held gold, you hedged that, that collapse in the, in the currency. Uh, equally, for all of those countries that had to convert from in Europe, when they had to convert to the, lira, uh, mm -hmm. convert to the euro, they lost money on that conversion. So you have two great examples here of what happens when there's sort of a conversion or an event. You need something that's going to bridge you over to the next system. And that's where gold or, and silver come into play because ultimately you need something to, to be in a lifeboat. So when the new system happens, you go, okay, well, gold's been accepted for thousands of years. It's held its, it's, held its value for thousands of years, and it's going to hold my value into the next chapter. I love that example. I love that that facet of what gold provides as far as wealth insurance goes you need to be able to pivot and move and just to know that gold is your your foundation the power money of a portfolio that's what it provides to you it provides you with wealth protection but then maneuvers for the future and the ability to to diversify even further in, from the gold market go buy some land that's now cheap whatever bubble burst you can now use your gold that now has the immense purchasing power to buy whatever you want. You make the rules. So wealth insurance means that when it when it comes to diversification, diversifying assets means you need to get as mo much uncorrelated asset classes in the mix. You can't have asset classes moving in the same direction during crisis. What is moving in the opposite direction? And that one that has been proven throughout thousands of years have always been gold and silver, times of war, times of political upheaval, um, elections. Now we're seeing Brexits and exits and everything. We're, we're now seeing new terms uh, when it comes to our freedoms. And gold is that standard, not only for our freedom and truth, it is going to be your standard for money. And we stand by gold. Diversification is great. Bitcoin and blockchain, they're great assets. I think the future is on the blockchain for sure. But is it a store of value? We don't know. If you can't tell me who Satoshi is, then you don't know what Bitcoin is all about. We know the, who the creator is and who created gold, so we have intrinsic value. 
I mean, I, I like crypto, but you need to have an exit strategy. And I feel that the exit strategy for the crypto market must be in something tangible like gold or silver. You can talk to me about that if you like. And once you have insurance, you can diversify and everything else. We're talking about gold. It is the anti-bubble. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. There's a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Here we are. It's the Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Gold is the anti-bubble. Silver is the anti-bubble. Actually, it also has antibacterial properties, which makes it great for uh, sportswear. Uh, makes yeah. it great. They're put, I believe they're putting it in... in uh, I think they were putting it in dishwashers uh, or washing machines. I think Samsung oh, I produced something like that, but because people didn't really have to pour <laughs> dishwasher detergent into it, they they couldn't wrap their head around what was happening with that type of machine. Antifungal. It was actually a too it was actually too advanced, um, <laughs> but it is antifungal, and that's actually why it's in sports clothing because it absorbs the bacteria, which is what creates the smell, mm-hmm. right? And so they've been putting weaving it in, and that was actually a military application. But I see they you know they put it. It, it would make sense. I'm, I'm sure they put it in toothbrushes. They put it into soap. Um, it's something that I think all hospitals should start having. But they did put it into a lot of bandages, mm-hmm. right, to help people heal quicker um so yeah it's got so many great usages um and uh you know some people swear by taking uh yeah Mm -hmm. taking colloidal silver so that's just a little interesting diversion on on silver at the moment but uh, we've been talking about the idea of diversification and we know that gold and silver is not the end-all be-all that it's not the a hundred percent of your portfolio it is the insurance aspect of your portfolio so once you have gold and silver as the base of your portfolio, then you can feel more free to go do other things, right? If you have car insurance, as long as you're not hurting anybody, go out and drive like a speed demon. Who cares? You're insured. You know, bust up the car. It doesn't matter. Um, Well, it does, but you know, (laughs) you get the analogy. Um, Right now, we've just been talking about this idea of being prepared ahead of time. You know, I think you can see the warning signs that if the governments and central banks were printing money like crazy last year, there's no reason for it to end this year. Uh, in fact, they'll probably continue. I saw an interesting meme, if you will. It was like a massive wave and behind it was a bigger wave. <laughs> and it was saying that the big wave was 2020 <laughs> and the bigger wave behind it was 2021, right? Oh, a lot of people are saying, well, goodbye to 2020. And yes, absolutely. So long 2020. But we just don't know what this year is going to bring. Hopefully it's good things. We don't know. But uh, in terms of currencies, they continue to devalue. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to continue to come up with ways to protect against that. Precious metals is certainly one of them. Another one of them is natural fancy colored diamonds. Also, natural fancy colored diamonds. Like, what is your hard asset? Natural fancy colored diamonds has uh, a history of being just that, negatively correlated to the inflationary assets. Any asset that has gone up due to the stimulus, uh, colored diamonds, because of their rarity, will at least hold their wealth or go up in value and our clients love it you know love that idea that they can round out their portfolio with some with a natural fancy color diamond a pink argyle with some gold with some silver create a real solid hard asset portfolio 
Color diamonds are portable wealth. Can you, you know, will you be here in Toronto? Will you be here in Ontario or, you know, in, in Canada for the future? We don't know. So if you, if you have a diamond, half a million dollars in your pocket, this is how you can restart your wealth somewhere else in another part of the planet. So it's a great way to diversify. Uh, talk to us about a diamond discovery session. We understand that many individuals just don't know about the color diamonds. Ask about our, you know, 10-step buyer's guide. Our brochure is still available via email. And we can show you how a color diamond can assist in diversifying your portfolio and benefiting your portfolio for the long haul. Yeah, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. So you can get a, a, a brochure on that, a guide on, on the natural fancy colored diamonds. You know, they are incredibly rare. And the diamonds that we've uh, continued to accumulate at Guildhall have to be the rarest of the rare, meaning the and usually that comes along with quality so you're looking for the the best clarity you possibly can and yellow diamonds that's internally flawless and pink diamonds it's usually vvs or vs they don't really come in if blues are more rare than pink and they they tend to come in if you can get those in if um and they have to be of a certain size shape wise they have to be uh well proportioned well balanced and if you can get all of these factors together, then what happens is, is nine times out of 10, you end up with a, with a beautiful diamond that also happens to be especially rare. I say nine times out of 10 because sometimes something is good on paper, mm -hmm. right? Anyone who's dated online knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> something could be great on paper and then you, you see it in person. You're like, ooh, that, that, <laughs> that came off flat. And sometimes that happens. It, mm -hmm. it looks great on paper, but it just doesn't have the fire, especially mm -hmm. with color. Color, you can't... It, the GIA reports, Gemology Institute of America, Gemological Institute of America, doesn't tell you the strength of color. It just says it's intense, right? Intense being the second group. The, the highest grade is vivid, then it goes intense, and then it goes fancy. So in the intense, it doesn't say if it's closer to a fancy or closer to a vivid. But I've been looking at the, the color diamond market lately. Obviously, um, over the last year, COVID has had a, an effect on the diamond market because it's essentially shut down the ability for things to move and for that market to really, for really to be active. But that said, people don't have to sell if they don't like the prices that they're seeing. And because these markets don't have margin, they're owned outright, um, there's not a lot of volatility in the market. At auction, I noticed recently at auction, it was a bit of a mixed bag. It was, uh, you saw some, some loose diamonds that, that didn't sell for what they were being asked. Some were selling for exactly what were being asked. And there were a few diamonds that were selling for over asked for, for, for what they were asking. So, you know, I think that that's a mixed bag. I think given where we are with COVID and everything like that, and the markets essentially shut down in that sector, that that's not bad. Mm -hmm. That's not bad at all. Now, all markets move in cycles. All markets ebb and flow, and I think this would be a good opportunity. I think for people who are looking to get diversified into a natural fancy colored diamond, I think it's, it satisfies a portion of a portfolio for sure. I think a lot of people are looking to eventually move profits from the precious metals into a diamond because mm -hmm. what do you do if you have all this money? Like, what do you do with all this money you've probably made in crypto? If, you, if you're a millionaire through crypto, what are you supposed to do? You should be buying assets, and colored diamond could be one of them. Absolutely. This colored diamond asset class is phenomenal. I love it personally. I had the opportunity of um, speaking with someone this week regarding uh, cuts, like at the auction level. Where does a cut? Is there is there like a flavor of the month sort of a, a color diamond that's appealing this season or uh, last season? We're seeing that the emerald cuts. 
have become quite appealing in the past few auctions. If you could comment on why that, why do you think we're seeing such a, an appeal for the Emerald Cup? I think, well, I think it's not just the Emerald, but I think to, to answer that question of what I was seeing at those auctions is it's the, the diamonds that were going over were, were particularly interesting. They had a particular, uh, there was a little bit more to them, and that's where the emerald cut comes in. It is a rarer cut than than the cushion cut or a radiant cut. And so for that, just having that little edge of something a little different, that, that right now in the market is making a difference. But, you know, these markets are long-term markets. It's not about what, what happened just this time at the auction. It's what happens in the next 20 years. And again, I mean, the Argyle mines closed. The, those diamonds went up 400% in the last 20 years. They could go up 400% in the next 10 years, given that the market's closed. We could go on and on and on, Jerry. There's so much to talk about. Um, if you have missed a show or missed a portion of the show and want to learn more, you can go to our YouTube channel. It's there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I mean, we haven't been banned yet. We'll see. Um, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We want to thank you so much for joining us this week. I uh, can't wait to talk to you next week and, and give you all of the stuff we've been uh, dealing with in the precious metals market this is the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto